three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. gentlemen theys and gays this is the real pineapple this is your humble host hunter here hope you're all having a great night weekend whenever we're uh, you're checking this out so finally we're in october that means another edition of the real spooky series so we're gonna have halloween reviews for stuff uh halloween films throughout the month uh this is the first one but we'll have reviews up for x uh screen the scream saga the original Halloween, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. Uh, I'm going to have those up this week because Halloween Ends comes out this week. But we're kicking it off with Hocus Pocus 2. And just to get out of the way, from last year, was it last year's? I think it might have been 2020 now I'm thinking about it. What is time? But there is a review up on the channel for Hocus Pocus, the original, which I did for my friends Chrissy and Amane. Shout out to them. Love you both. And Chrissy and Amane are both huge Hocus Pocus fans, and I'll be real, I watched this as a kid once or twice, maybe, and I just never got it. I thought it was fun, but I was never over the moon, like, this is this is a fucking classic, but people think this is a, th- this falls into that same camp of the Goonies for me, where I saw the Goonies, I was like, yeah, Road to El, El Dorado's better, Fern Gully's better. Yeah, I, I just, I never got it. I, I really never understood it with Focus Pocus. I believe I gave it a B minus uh, when we reviewed it. It's been a minute, but I think I gave it like a, a B minus. That sounds right. And so going into this one, I was actually kind of, I, I won't lie. I was just like, eh, all right, we're getting this, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's directed this time by uh, Ann Fletcher, who directed several episodes of This Is Us. The big thing, she has a terrible filmography, though. So she did The Guilt Trip, that movie with Barbara Streisand and Seth Rogen, which is fine, I guess. Like, it's like, I think it's an average movie at, at best. But she did, then she did Hot Pursuit with Sofia Vergara and Reese Witherspoon, and that movie's fucking awful. <laughs> so, and, but then she did 28 Dresses, which is... 20 dress, uh, 27 Dresses, pardon me. 27 Dresses is a good movie. It just, it's probably the most bearable Katherine Heigl's been, and James Marsden's great. She did the first step up, like, all right, the proposal, okay. So, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, good, I guess, but just not great. And so, going into this, I was mildly curious about if they would actually be able to make a movie I kind of cared about. And I will give them some credit. At points, this works. It's not a great movie, but by no means was this, you know, I can't even think of an apt comparison. But yeah, the, this was this was okay. So the movie starts off years, years earlier before their, uh, before present day. It starts off with a young, uh, young Win- uh, Winifred, uh, who of course is Bette Miller's character, voice uh, or played by Taylor Henderson. And I gotta say, the opening bit of them in Salem and being in this village and having the fellow townspeople be so afraid of them and just not even afraid of them just just treat them with such bile and venom and just hate their existence they're led uh in the past by tony hale 
can't remember his character's name. He's like the mayor of the town. Doesn't really matter. But he hates uh, he hates the Sanderson sisters. He hates them so much and just wants them. I mean, he'd burn them, honestly, if he could. But it's really interesting how Taylor Henderson, who plays Bet, the young version of Bette Miller's character. I think the other two girls, Nina Kitchen and Juju Journey Brenner, who vo- uh, play young Mary and young Sarah, uh, respectively. So Sarah Jessica Parker and uh, Kathy uh, Najimi's char- uh, the young versions of their characters. I think Taylor Henderson's amazing. She's actually my favorite performance in the whole freaking movie. The first 15-ish minutes are of the young Sanderson sisters, and she's great. She has this line where the townspeople are questioning her, and she talks about how, you know, I took the Lord's name in vain twice, and she says it all <laughs> with so much power and conviction and confidence, and I went, wow, I, I'm i actually liking the, the interplay between the younger versions of the sisters as much as I would eventually like the their interplay in present day. I actually like it more in the past than I did in present day for this film. And so we jump ahead in the in the future after they have an interaction with um I I uh, Hannah uh oh god what's her name? Uh the hot the, the hot chick from <laughs> the hot chick from Ted Lasso. It's a I can never remember her last name. Uh isn't it Hannah Waddingham. That's it. Uh she's in here and she plays uh she plays another witch and basically gives them the book that ends up becoming a staple, you know, the Book of Spells. Gives them that book, uh, tells them basically, hey, you know, at 16, this is, you know, typically when your powers kick in. And that starts off the whole origin of the Sanderson sisters. And I will say, as we jump to present day, we meet Whitney Peak, who plays Becca. Um, I didn't recognize her. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was in Showing uh, Adventures of Sabrina. She played Judith. But you know her from, most likely, from Showing Adventures of Sabrina, uh, she was in Molly's Game. I gotta say, I was actually impressed with Whitney Peake and then Belissa uh, Escobedo, who plays her friend Izzy. Uh, I didn't recognize her, but she was uh, she's apparently in Blue Beetle coming up. Uh, she plays Shanti in American Horror Stories, and she was in a movie called Sex Appeal. So uh, she's been in a few things. And then uh, Lalia Buckingham, who plays her other friend Cassie. She's been in, she was in Dirt, Crown Lake, It Counts, to name a few things. What I really like about the interplay between the three of them is that Becca is, you know, the confident one out of the three of them. Izzy is their Velma, basically. And Cassie's kind of the Daphne, I would say, of the three. What's interesting about Cassie is that Becca and Izzy kind of had a falling out with Cassie. Cassie's wrapped up hanging out with this guy, Froy Gutierrez, her boyfriend, who... Uh, who plays Mike in the movie. You know him from... Uh, he was Nolan from Team Wolf. That's why I recognized him from. So what I what I really like about Mike is Mike is a fucking dullard. He is so stupid. There's a point where Becca and Izzy call him out, rightfully so, for him bullying them. And he goes, wait, I'm not bullying you. I'm just doing this thing. And they just kind of take a step back and they're like, dude, that's like the definite, like the goddamn definition of bullying. And he has this kind of moment where he's like, oh, fuck, I didn't even think about. And he's like terrified. Like it, it's so it's so weird. But the I think the humor, it, it works in doses and small doses here for me because the Sanderson sisters, 
you know, they're vo- they're played by, you know, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, or Kathy uh, Najimi. Uh, Kathy Najimi, I think, is the one uh, who plays Mary, but she doesn't really get enough credit for being as funny as she is. She's great in both Sister Act movies and in Rat Race. I recognize her mostly. I think people forget about that show Younger. Younger's a fun ep- uh, Younger is a fun show, and I feel like that that show was really slept on, but she was great on there. She was great on Veep. She's just a great comedian, and so... I was really happy to see her back as much as I was happy to see Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker back. But I think out of the three, she just kind of gets slept on a bit. But the chemistry between the three sisters is still there. It's very much Three Stooges at points, the way Winifred just slaps the shit out of them at points. But the chemistry is still there after after all these years. Uh, Sam Richardson plays Gilbert, who runs a magic shop. And I will give the movie... A ton of credit for one thing the way they actually bring the sanderson sisters back i went you know what that's really clever uh in 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 a her in a hilarious way gilbert fucks these kids over so badly <laughs> and puts them in danger and i won't say how he does it when you take that step back you go wow gilbert's kind of a fucking asshole and nearly got these people killed and one, one, I think, huge missed opportunity about this, because I, I have to point this out. Tony Hale plays also the new mayor in present day, who happens to be Cassie's dad. And the direction they go with him is just like he's a bumbling buffoon. And there was such a chance to go ahead and have him know about his family's history with the Sanderson sisters and be kind of a vengeful mayor and kind of want to make sure they never come back. That would have actually been interesting. And they don't go that route and i was really disappointed they didn't go that route because i think that's the way more interesting route given where the film actually ends up so i was i was pretty disappointed in that to be honest so that felt like a missed opportunity to me and look i understand the movie you know movies are movies and you know you can't always get what you want but that really felt like something that the movie should have done that i think would have added a little more of an edge to this um, the chemistry between the three, as I mentioned, Becca, Izzy, and Cassie, there's, you know, it is just that simple girl gets a boyfriend and kind of starts to forget about her friends. I mean, I, I think we all know those people who are couple people that once they get into a relationship, the friends kind of fall by the wayside. And I'm really happy Becca and Izzy called her out on that because I that's a peeve of mine, y'all. I'm not going to lie. You know, I understand people have significant others and partners and everything, but God damn, when you cut when you cut people out, that really that's that's something that that grinds my gears. I'm not gonna lie. So the fact Becca and Izzy call Cassie out on that, I really appreciate that. But there is a scene that drove me really nuts in the movie, and I and I think it really throws off the pacing quite a bit, honestly. There's this mini sequence where it's almost like a mini movie where the Sanderson sisters end up in a Walgreens. First off, I, the fact that they go to a Walgreens is really just fucking funny in itself, but it turns into this like 10-minute mini-movie of them biting face masks and spraying themselves in the mouth with uh, with uh, like perfume and shit, and I was just sitting there going, this is just slapstick, but it's bad slapstick, and the movie really does seem to grind to a halt in that moment just for the Sanderson sisters to go, hey, Becca lied to us. They are children. We should eat them, which it's just, it's such a long, you know, it's such a long journey to get there. As my grandpa would say, it's like going around the block just to walk next door. It's just, it's so, it's so long-winded and it does for me throw off the 
rhythm of the movie a bit. So I, I was I was a little irritated by that. I won't lie. Yeah, just just it was really unnecessary. Outside of that, they do bring Billy Butcher uh, Butcherson back, and he has a nice little subplot with Gilbert. I like their back and forth. It's very uh, it's very comedic. It's fun. Um, and then there is something about Becca that you'll see it coming from a mile away. But I think the way it was actually executed was actually pretty cool and really well done. And if there is going to be a Hocus Pocus 3, which I, I feel like there will be at this point, it would be interesting to bring Becca, uh, Becca, Izzy, and Cassie back to go ahead and kind of define their friendship with where the movie leaves them off. So, I don't know. I, I, there's some interesting thing, enough pieces, I think, to go ahead and do a third film. But um, getting my final thoughts... This is this is fine. Like I, I know some people are really gonna dig on this, and again, it's nostalgia. People just some people just want to see the Sanderson sisters back. Doesn't really matter what they do. Um, there is this point with a where they where they're flying. So Winifred has the only broom, and Sarah just, uh, Sarah is flying on something else, and then Mary is flying on basically those little dirt vacuums. And there's actually a clever way they use the dirt vacuums. Are those uh, kind of those mini vacs? There's a clever use for those later on in the film that I actually went, huh? That was actually a well written little thing to throw out there. So I was actually kind of impressed with that. Uh, speaking of the writing, the writing, uh, the writers of the movie, pardon me, are Jin D'Angelo. And Jin D'Angelo was a producer or is a producer on Solar Opposites, was a producer on Workaholics. Uh, which is which is which is pretty funny, um, and then uh, she's a producer on Young Rock right now, and then David uh, Kirshner, he was a producer on the original Hocus Pocus, uh, American Tale, Curious George, damn, okay, he's got uh, a Sea of Chucky, he's he's got a quite varied uh, Titan AE, damn, Page Master, shit, uh, oh the Flintstones, uh, they can't all be winners, but uh, but there's some talent uh, involved here. Like I said, I think it's good for a Hocus Pocus sequel, but yeah, it's it's fine. So I'm going to give this a C+. If, if you're a huge fan of the first film, I'm sure you will dig this way more than me. But yeah, for me, I was I was mildly entertained, but some, not something I need to add to the rotation. I'll put it like that. So Hocus Pocus 2, did you like it? What did you think? Let us know in the comments. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, rate the podcast. It helps us out. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneUp, and Samsung Podcasts at The Real Pineapple. You can find me on Letterboxd at Black Shazam, and you can find me on TikTok at Black Shazam 775 Thank you so much for listening, y'all. We're going to have more reviews coming up for the Real Spooky series, including the original Halloween, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends, the Scream franchise, the House of a Clock in Its Walls, uh, and X. Uh, oh, and the Black Phone. Uh, I might throw in some Evil Dead or some other stuff in there, but we're definitely going to have those. And then we'll have reviews as well coming up for... I think I'm going to re-review Black Panther, because I haven't watched it uh, in a minute, and I think leading into... Wakanda Forever. Uh, I'd like to rewatch that and review it, uh, re-review it, and then uh, we're gonna have a review up for Let the Little Light Shine, the Kevin Shaw directed documentary, as well as a interview with Kevin Shaw about the film. Gonna have that up for y'all here real soon. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank, thank you so much for your support. Please stay safe out there. 
Take care of each other. Tell someone that you love them. And we'll talk to you soon.